TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa dematis Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Hello, everyone, and you are listening to The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I am one of the hosts, Ann Baldwin. And I'm Lisa dematis Lapori. And she's not just Lisa dematis Lapori; She is also the birthday girl. I am the birthday girl. Yay! You're such okay. a brat birthday girl, though. You know why? Why? I saw on social media, you like <laughs> you couldn't wait for the first of the month. You're like, it's my birthday month. <laughs> I saw somebody post that, and I'm like, I'm going to be obnoxious and put that all over Facebook. It's kind of the way it gets now. Now, though, right? It, it does turn yeah. into birthday turns into birthday month because everybody wants to see you, wants to treat you, and you know, in order to accommodate all that with people's busy lives, you have to you do one here, one there. It's I fun. love it's it. Fun, isn't it? I like that. It is Can't fun. Extend it. But this one wasn't the big one. It's not the big one. Don't say the number. Don't say no. the number. Number, but no. it's not the big one. It's not but the big one. Yeah, we got to take you out to lunch to J. Timothy's. Thank you. Oh, and. What? And what? thank you for the beautiful Shih Tzu pillow that you bought me. The pillow <laughs> cover. It looks just like my little bocce boy. It's so cute. You it know, is. I found it online. There's a whole website just for Shih Tzu stuff. Because Lisa and I both have Shih Tzus in case you're just tuning in and you didn't know that. <laughs> and we love them dearly. <laughs> Hers is bocce and mine is Teddy. And so this, it's it's so cool because it's an actual head of what looks like bocce, your looks dog. exactly like bocce. And then when I went and got the pillow and put it in there, it I'm like, so oh my gosh. And it's so cozy. It's so cute. I love Loved it, and then I found the T-shirt. But I'm going to make you tell them what the what the T-shirt says. It says, "I don't give a shih tzu." No, it's, I shih tzu you not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can wear that to the office. But no, not pink. to the office. But w- I'm curious. Will you wear that in public? Oh, I don't, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you will. <laughs> of course, I will. It's you, so that's awesome. another T-shirt that you just came up with, though. It, this one says, "I shih tzu you not," and you yours says, "I don't give a shih tzu." I don't give a shih tzu. <laughs> <laughs> I hopefully we don't get in trouble for saying that on the radio. But I don't, I, it's the dog's name. We can't control that. We cannot control that. They're the best dog. Oh my God, they're the best. So why don't you go ahead and introduce our next guest? Because this is one that you've been wanting to get on this program for a long time. Right. So, you know, people, you meet people and they come in your lives for, you know, different reasons. So we have an office located at 900 Chapel where our outpatient services are. And I just happened to go down to different floors to introduce myself to our other tenants to tell them who we are and we're in the building. And I met this lovely woman and her name is Joy and she's on the line. Welcome, Joy. Uh, Good afternoon, ladies. 
that's good. I'm happy to have you here. And uh, we started talking, and she knew about the connection, and she started telling me the story of her son, AJ, which I'm going to have um, you, Joy, talk about that, and um, how she's dedicated her life ever since um, AJ's passing. And I was really touched by her and knew that I had met her for a reason, and f- and so here she is today, because I, I want her to tell, as a mom, I want her to tell her story, and she was willing to do that. So, Joy. Thank you. Thank you for being here, and um, tell us a little bit about um, you and your son, and um, tell us about Today I Matter and what it is. Sure. So, uh, I recall that day I met you. Um, if I'm not mistaken, your birthday is the 5th? Yes. Yeah, that's AJ's birthday. He'll be, he would have been 24 tomorrow. Doesn't seem real still, but it is. I shared the birthday. Um, when I met you, mm-hmm. I knew about the connection um, because by coincidence, AJ's uh, father is a participant in the program, and um, he suffers from addiction. Uh, he's recovering now. So since my son died, it became really important to me to learn about addiction and to help end the stigma of addiction because so many people are just uneducated and they they don't know what it's all about. My son um, was very athletic. Um, He had a lot of friends. He was loyal. He was physically strong. He was a good boyfriend. He was a good brother. And, you know, he also suffered from substance use disorder for a couple of years in his life. Um, I noticed some signs when he was about 13 or 14 with cigarette smoking. Um, He played baseball for 14 years, so there was a short time where he was going through the chewing tobacco stage. It concerned me, um, and I talked to him pretty openly about all kinds of drugs, uh, particularly since his father was away for most of his life because of his addictions uh, that led to incarceration. So we had really open communication. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really worry too much about him, um, but he had a lot of emotional problems, and I had him in counseling from a very young age. As he became a teenager, it was hard to force him to go, and he no longer wanted to participate, and um, he was very depressed. Um, At the time, I didn't know that. I thought he was just confused and possibly sad about the situation with his dad, but um, now I know after the fact that he was suffering from deep depression as well as addiction. Um, He started out with marijuana. I found out about that, and I was not happy at all and did not allow that in my house, you know, but he was over the age of 18, and I expressed my disappointment. Um, we talked about it, and I couldn't control what he did outside of my home, which explained why he was missing a lot. He was smoking it often, and that led to prescription pain pills. Um, when I confronted him with how deep the addiction was, he told me that he had actually tried his first Percocet, I think at the age of 14 to 15, although it didn't become a habit. But he was getting honest with me. And I remember him saying to me, Mom, don't worry, I'll never, ever use heroin. And I never did worry about heroin. You know, I just, I didn't. Kind of the naive, not my kid thinking. Right, right. And it it turned out to be what, partially what took his life. Um, 
I did attempt to get him help, but because we had Husky insurance, um, the alternatives are very few. And I remember I took him to Cedar Street, and I had deja vu because I had been at the same place maybe 20 years prior with his father getting him help, and it was really sad. actually waited there for like nine hours, and he was shriveled up in a ball in pain, crying. He didn't want to go, and I told him he needed the help. I was willing to do anything, even though I, I knew there, there weren't any other alternatives. I begged him to stay. He did stay for a couple of days, but sadly, I hear this story a lot. His roommate had pills in the room with him and, and kept showing them to him and even threatened him, saying, if you don't sniff these with me, there's going to be an issue. And my son luckily got... A staff member to come in and intervene, but it made my son leave. Um, his girlfriend was also living with me at the time. Um, so they each, we kind of had a, a family intervention. Mm -hmm. It was actually the first time I had ever met his girlfriend's father, even though they had been dating for about two years. And she went away to the psychiatric department. Um, for about two weeks, AJ attempted that Cedar Street, and he's like, Mom, I promise I'm going to try to do this outpatient on my own. He started attending a day program. Eventually, that just stopped, and I felt really helpless because all I could think about and all I could feel is a sense of dread. I guess it's a mother's premonition. I just knew that he wasn't going to be okay. It was always on my mind, and I didn't know how to help him. I didn't have the money to help him very limited family resources. It, it was just really devastating and a, sh and a really stressful time. So I think I also did a little enabling. Um, it just progressively got worse. And um, before my son died, the last straw, uh, I got up early one morning and I was out on the front porch and I saw a note on the floor, just like a folded up note. And I opened it and it was a letter a brief letter from my son, AJ's girlfriend, to him saying, I left your medicine on the second shelf in the pantry. Immediately I knew what that was. That meant it was pills. I woke him up and I said, she needs to leave this house ASAP. This is over. And I was just in a panic. I called my father who lives in Florida. I said, Dad, I said, I'm going to lose this kid. I, I know I am. And he's like, you're overreacting. I don't think it's that bad. But my dad must have thought about it because the next morning he said, all right, he goes, I'm going to get him a plane ticket. we got to convince him to come here. My dad owns a business. So I slowly talked AJ into it. He's like, I don't know why you think I'm going to die, Mom. And I, I just shook all day. Just talking about it makes me shake because I, I remember everything so vividly. That was about two weeks before the day he passed, and we were slowly building up for him to leave. I kept telling him how proud of him I was. I said, envision a life for yourself, a new start. I said, maybe, you know, if you and Sarah get help, you guys can eventually get back together and, and have a future. I just kept pushing that. Whatever I could push, I was pushing. There was no aspect of recovery that I wasn't going to touch on. But um, he was having a really hard time separating from her, and she was contacting him. But the morning of May 24th, 2016, um, I woke up really early. It was about probably 5.30 in the morning, so it was still dark outside, but 
I noticed that my living room lights were on. Kind of unusual, uh, but I also forgot to put my contacts on. I cannot see at all without um, glasses or contacts. So I ran upstairs and got my glasses. And when I walked in the living room, I saw his girlfriend laying on the chase lounge sleeping. And right away, I felt sick because if someone kicks you out of their home and you're now there, uh, something's not right there. That's right. And I saw my son kneeling on the chase lounge, kind of on her lap. And I was furious at first because I'm like, how dare they do this? She's not welcome here. She's not wanted here. But when I went to grab AJ, I saw that something was wrong, and I saw that he had a lot of pooling spots of blood on his face. It just looked blotchy. When I grabbed his shirt, the bottom part lifted up a little bit, and there were bruises everywhere. I think I knew that he was dead. I, I can't. I just, Joy, I just can't even, I can't imagine ever losing ever losing um your child and you know i i have a son i i can't i can't even um because it's life it's not supposed to be that way and um especially when you talk about you talked about you know worrying about him and having a premonition and um seeing someone dwindle from the cause of addiction is got to be one of the the most painful things that i've ever experienced in my life and um my heart just breaks so much for you. You're so much courage and strength for you to come on the show today and talk about and share your story. Of Absolutely. Your so, Joy, well, go ahead. I think it's necessary because I've never been through anything this brutal in my life. I. This sounds very strange, but... Well, let me just finish up. I want to get past this part. Okay. This part is Absolutely. very hard. Um I eventually called 911 and they told me to put the phone on speaker and do CPR, uh, which I did, but I could feel his breath coming back out at me. And um, his girlfriend was still sleeping. That's how sedated she was. And then the paramedics came and the police came. I kept asking them if if he, when was he gonna be alive? I know that sounds crazy, but I kept saying, is he dead? And they kept, they just looked at me so pathetically. I just couldn't believe what I, what was going on. I had his cousin come right over. I had my entire family that was available come over. His childhood best friend's mom was there. And my kid was just laying on the floor. Joy, was it too late for Narcan? Did they have? Yeah. Um, afterwards, I found out that um, he had probably died around 1 in the morning based on um, a phone call and a text message. So I think he had been gone for a couple hours. And she had no idea? No. They had um, a night of partying. I believe they had drank a little bit. Um, AJ died from a combination of cocaine, Xanax, and he sniffed heroin. You know, I I can't imagine either, but, you know, it, it happens to so many. I was very close to losing my life to my addiction. Um... And I just, you know, I give you so much credit for being able to tell your story and now to take that hurt and that sorrow and that grief, which is unimaginable. And how do you take that and turn it into something different? It was hard. It's a, it was a process. But um, once he died, I, I, I've just been in grief therapy for just under a year. 
um, I do have post-traumatic stress disorder and major depression. I guess that comes with the territory, though. That's not so unusual around what I call angel moms. Um, I found some really great people um, through coincidence and through connection. Um, Not your program, but just I happen to have some people in my life who knew other people that had lost their their children the same way I had lost mine because it's an epidemic, and um, that's helped me a lot. I personally have three angel mom friends that are very dear to me. Uh, we, We all lost our kids the same way. Nobody else can relate the way another mother can. It's it's an instant connection, um, and they're pretty strong ladies too. Um, Today I Matter is a gentleman who lost his son a couple years ago to an overdose, and he started this poster project that travels all over Connecticut. He has a website. When I put AJ's picture in it, there were only about 40 to 60 posters, and they're up to almost 400 now wow i've seen i've seen it yeah i've seen it Um, i've experienced it i you know i was in the it was in the vin baker 5k that's Uh, the one the first one i ever went to and i think i met you there you did okay i think so Uh, because i remember they had all of the photographs i mean these are huge yeah, Life's really nice pictures. Unbelievable pictures, and um, yeah. and they were up on the hill, and it was you know a beautiful day, and then the stories, the stories of these people, and you know it's what's interesting is that it's everybody. We talk mm-hmm. about this a lot on this show. It's young people, it's older people, it's black people, white people, brown people, um, you know, people that look just like the kid next door. Mm-hmm. And these are the real faces of the real epidemic that's going that's on true. out there. It's it's unbelievable. So the name of the organization is Today I Matter. They've got a Facebook page. They've got a website. And this gentleman's son, who I had the opportunity to speak with at the Vin Baker event, you know, talked about his son and and how he passed from an overdose as well. And his name was Tim, which is for Today I Matter. And he goes around to all these events and all, wherever he's invited so that he can share the faces of these folks that are that we're losing to overdoses, to, you know, um, addiction, to all these things. And it's really, it's a, it's a heart stopper. It's a show stopper because it takes you probably, you know, just to walk through and read takes hours. I mean, all these people that he just takes their lives, takes them with them and puts them out for people to see and read and, and really see the faces of the people who've suffered and lost their life to the suffering. He's so dedicated mm. and he does it at his own cost, you know, although mm-hmm. he accepts donations. I mean, yes. it's so selfless. Yeah, we've actually had him on the show before. We had him, yeah, we've actually had him here on the show. So um, if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Joy, and um, Joy lost her son to addiction, AJ, when he was 20 years old? Yes. You know, Joy, one thing I've always editorialized a little bit on the show about is, um, as I'm an alcoholic, and I've been in recovery now um, for over eight years, but... Congratulations. Thank you. One of the things that I... I'm a firm believer is in gateway drugs. You talked about how your son chewed tobacco. Mm-hmm. Then you talk about how he smoked marijuana. Correct. And I get outraged because I'm from Colorado where they've legalized marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I see it. And I know it. That 
you know, it's like a roller coaster. You go on one that's fast, but it's not fast enough. So now we want to go on a faster one, you know? I know. Do you, what do you think? Addictive personality. That's, that's it, too. I mean, part yeah. of it is my mm-hmm. addictive personality, but part of it is once you get a taste of that and you've got the disease mm-hmm. of addiction, then you're doomed. I know. And that's, that's the biggest. Um, most people, they just don't, they, they stigmatize it without understanding it and you know it inspired me to enroll in college because I never did get my degree and I've been in school now for over two years to get my associates Um, but that's where I learned all about addiction and it was mind-boggling what I didn't know I used to even use some of those really negative terms that you should never use Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know and I preach about it whenever I can if only people knew I just think it could help what, can you share what's... Yeah, what, give what, us an example. Yeah, give us an example. Like, um, I, I don't even want... I feel like I'm saying the F word, but like junkie. I'm not saying I said that, but I hear that all the time. Druggies. It's it's technically called a substance use disorder, and it's been, you know, medically defined as a disease. Correct. I mean, I agree that it's a choice the first time, but there's not enough correlation between mental illness and substance abuse. True. And unless you're educated about it, that's just going to continue. Yeah, I think I think that I think education is really mm-hmm. key and one would would hope or think that now that it's such an epidemic that people would open their eyes and and take a bigger look because it's so in our face every every moment. It really the reality is. that this is this is not just like you said a quote unquote junkie or someone who can't get their life together or do anything. Right. The reality is that it is it's a disease, and um, you know people get cynical about it. Well, it you know it's not like uh, being a diabetic. Yes, it is. Um, it, it, there is no di- there is no difference to it, and it's going to kill you if you don't do the right thing and take care right. of yourself. And it's very hard to do that. And um, I just yeah. But you know, and the other thing is, it's not just people we got to educate. I mean, a lot of people. Well, a lot of people. Well, and it's the media, the news media too. You know, they need to use the right terminology. They, they need to they need to educate themselves because they're the ones that are you know quote unquote supposedly informing the public. So there's a lot of work to do. And and you know what made me sad too other than the obvious in your story, Joy, is that um, you couldn't get help because you couldn't afford it. You know, that yeah, you were you were so on a program. It is not so like common. We're the only ones. It's, oh, it's no. One there, of the main reasons, I mm-hmm, think. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. We need more beds. We need more inpatient, outpatient. We need more programs like the Connection offers, um, you know, to help these people get what they need so yes. that they can they can get over the hump and not lose their lives because. Our, our waiting lists are hundreds on our waiting lists for people to get in. Mm-hmm. This is. Wow. Uh, and these are people that meet the criteria for admission. This isn't like I called today and we don't know whether you meet, you can, you know, yeah. so all the boxes are checked. Mm-hmm. And so imagine you have one agency in Connecticut. And so all my peers that run similar programs are all having the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a national problem. It really is. Well, Joy, unfortunately, um, we are out of time. I know that your your son AJ's birthday is is tomorrow. So I wish you prayers and additional strength. That's got to be a difficult day, as if every day isn't difficult for you. So. Thank you. May you find strength in that. Thank you, and thank you for sharing your your loss um, with our listeners. Because in, unless people get a reality check, and you know, 
if not for the grace of God, it could be someone you know. It could be one of your kids. So we got to su- we got to support each other. We so thank you so much, Joy. Joy, I'm sending you um, love and strength and um, admiration for coming on the show and talking about your amazing son, AJ, who I happen to share a birthday with. And I do believe that we came in each other's lives for a reason. And it wasn't Absolutely, just obviously for this. I, I know we will, we're going to stay, we're going to stay in touch. And um, thank you for coming on the show and telling people your story. And please folks check out today. I matter. Uh, they've got a Facebook page. I've got a website. It is self-supporting. So I'm sure that, you know, there's going to be motivation there. If you're at an event or you find them on social or traditional media that you support them and just look at those faces and read those stories. And, um, I think it's, it's like I said, it's a little bit of a reality check. So thanks to all of you for listening to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four Donchich. the step back three you bet. music you set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on tune in go to tune in.com or download the tune in app to start listening